It's the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Thursday, April the 15th of 2021, your trusted source of useless news and bad entertainment. From me, your presenter, I'm your presenter, Rich Grimshaw. And since you can trust me, I'm here to tell you that your United States tax returns are not due today, the 15th. Nope. They've given us a break, I I think, one month. They're due uh, May 15th. But good news is, for me, mine are done, which is unusual. I'm usually a laggard because I hate spending time to figure out how much money I owe. And it's really not that difficult to do. It doesn't take very much time at all these days, but I still usually put it off. But not this year. I'm very proud of myself for pushing through on that. From the United Press International, here's something that'll get your attention. An Illinois man finds 19th century tunnel under home. This is from April the 13th of this year. It's from the UPI's Odd News section. An Illinois couple who moved into their home in December. Let's try that again. An Illinois couple who moved into their home in December made a surprising discovery while repairing, not preparing, repairing their sidewalk. A 19th century tunnel underneath their house. Gary and Beth... Machins, M-A-C-H-E-N-S, Machins, Machins, said they moved into their Alton home in December and recently decided to repair a section of sidewalk that had started to slope. Gary Machins said he had to remove part of a stone wall on the sidewalk to make the repairs, and he then discovered the entryway to a tunnel. His wife, Beth, said, He called me at work and said, You better get home. You're not going to believe what I just found. The couple said the tunnel is about 9 feet high and at least 60 feet deep. 60. I think they mean long. It's not 60 feet deep under the ground, but it's 60 feet long. That would take it from the front sidewalk to underneath their house. Yeah, that's what I'll go with. Local historians estimated the tunnel was created in 1840, 50 years before the house was built on top of it. But they don't know the original purpose of the structure. The Landmark Historic Society for the area told the owner, Gary, that, quote, it's unique. There are a few tunnels around the Alton area, unquote. (laughs) That's a nice quote. Oh, there's more. It's been used as an ice house or root cellar or a lot of other options. Maybe a speakeasy? Could be. Someone said it could have been used for the Underground Railroad. There's no proof of that, but there was a ferry here in the Alton area to the Missouri side, Missouri, and it's possible it could have been used for that. Matchin said he hopes to preserve the tunnel and possibly give tours if it is deemed safe and the city agrees to help with the cost. I'm just not sure I'd want to go tour a tunnel that's just 9 feet tall and 60 feet long. I mean, I don't see the... I don't see the mystery. I don't see the attraction. Maybe if they can uh, get a story that goes along with it, then they've got something. But I'll tell you this. If I were to find a tunnel under my house, I'd be surprised to. I might even call the newspaper. Let's celebrate today because it is National Laundry Day. In addition to being tax day, the deferred tax day. Really? The National Laundry Day? Like we need a day to celebrate laundry? You're kidding me. This is so lame. Let's see what they say about it. Even though National Laundry Day and Tax Day often land together on April 15th, often, well, Tax Day can move because of uh, if it falls on a weekend, they're going to move it to a Monday. 
but they often land together on April 15th. Remember to keep these two activities separate. Anybody who has ever recovered a $20 bill from the washing machine knows why. Yes, you don't want to launder your money. That said, we generally don't love doing laundry. However, we're thrilled when it's done. Think clean clothes, fresh sheets, and that special fresh laundry scent. Do you have a favorite dryer sheet fragrance? If you must know, we here at National Today are partial to something in a lavender. The word laundry comes from two Welsh words, loon, that's spelled with two L's, L-L-O-O-N, which means crazy, and D-Y-R-T-E, which is pronounced dirty. The Welsh jokingly called the English loon dirties, and with time it morphed into laundered. I don't believe it, but it's a good story. So let's celebrate National Laundry Day. Take some laundry to lunch and celebrate a good lunch today. (laughs) Here's one from thoughtco.com. Now, I like words, and here is a word. What is apocope? A-P-O-C-O-P-E. Apocope. What is it? Well, it's a word. It is a rhetorical term for the omission of one or more sounds or syllables from the end of a word. This is also called an end cut. It's a type of elision. The etymology is from the Greek to cut off. Here's some examples. Quote, season your admiration for a while with an attent ear. Where it should be attentive, but they took off the iv, so it's just attent. So that is an apocope. Here's another one. Loss of sounds from the end of a world is known as... What? Oh, let me let me try that again. Loss of sounds from the end of a word is known as apocope, as in the pronunciation of child as child. And after he left the city, thousands of people toasted him with beer at a barbie, which is short for an Australian barbecue. And one final example. Newspapers have their own style, and it's important that your feature matches it. For instance, it would be pointless writing a feature for a staid weekly in the style of something more suitable for a ladies' mag, where mag is short for magazine. So, there you go. That's an apocope. Here's a quote from Oliver Sacks. Oliver Sacks was a very famous surgeon who wrote several books about neurological conditions, and a lot of them have to do with music and the brain's processing of music. They're really fascinating. But Oliver said in a book published in 2011, quote, One of my favorite words is apocope. I use it, for example, in, quote, a surgeon's life, unquote. That's one of his books. The end of the word omitted by a tactful apocope. I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Let me read it again. One of my favorite words is apocope. I use it, for example, in a surgeon's life. The end of the word omitted by a tactful apocope. Got me. Anyhow, he goes on to say, I love its sound, its explosiveness. And the fact that it compresses four vowels and four syllables into a mere seven letters. Yeah, that's remarkable. I'll, I'll give it a ten. A perfect score right here. You can go on to the next round, Apocope. Maybe I should collect words and we'll have a, a word bake-off at the end of the year. <laughs> That'll keep you listening. Hey, I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow where we'll do some more of this foolishness. Thanks for listening. Thank you.